0: are listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt,
1: Tabitha, and Lydia.
0: So as per usual, uh, things happen and we are recording super late. Um, not super late, but you know off schedule. Late-ish. Late-ish. So we're just going right into uh, our show tonight. We've got, well, it's been uh, three weeks since we've last. Yes. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, But the first thing I want to kind of sort of talk about Matt, I want to start with you. Um, Because of reasons um you're going to be the only person to talk about this (laughs) but um illinois governor jb pritzker uh spoke at a uh event in wisconsin i think um which is normally not words that i would say on a geek podcast but there is reason so matt will tell us about it
2: yeah it was the 2023 wiz dems founders day celebration that alone mouthful. Um, in Milwaukee, um, but he spoke, and um, I, I, there really is no other way to do this but just to read um, part the parts of his speech um, that he gave. Um, Wisconsin Democrats, you are the Ewok army of the political cinematic universe. You are a polite group of absolute assassins who bring down the entire Imperial shield generator by the end of the movie. I mean, you rid your state of Scott Walker. And you replaced him with a principal and educator, a thoroughly good and decent man, o- Wisconsin's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you elected Tammy Baldwin to the U.S. Senate, who, in addition to being history-making, is like a Jedi master fighting for Wisconsin to get more affordable health care and to restore domestic manufacturing to your state. You vo- And you voted Emperor Palpatine, I mean Donald Trump, out, and you put Joe Biden in. Like, there's multiple paragraphs of this. It's just it's fantastic all the all the relation to um the democrats being the rebels fighting the imperial army of the republicans is just absolutely glorious um huge credit to him for going through with this and uh i I don't know i don't know who that speech writer was but they deserve a raise (laughs) So, uh,
0: one other thing that I want to bring up before we get into the poll list. Uh, So, Keith Giffen, uh, who is a comic creator and co-creator of characters such as uh, Rocket Raccoon, Lobo, and uh, Jamie Reyes, who goes on to be Blue Beetle, uh, passed away earlier this week at the age of 70. He had a stroke on Sunday and died on Monday. So, well, first off, like... You know, it is always sad to see, you know, a a comic creator who is so influential, you know, pass away and everything. But one of the reasons that I really wanted to bring this up. So uh, as part of his family's wishes, his Facebook page uh, broke the news with the following says, quote, I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks. Keith Giffen. (laughs) 1952 to 2023. (laughs) <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> um, obviously, somebody who co-created a character as such as Rocket Raccoon, I mean, clearly has uh, a, a wonderful sense of humor. Mm. And just to kind of touch on that, too, um, he had an interview, this was in the 2000s, uh, with uh, the Jack Kirby Collector. And he said, quote, comic books uh, for such a small, incestuous, inbred little business, and I mean that in a good way, (laughs) we take this job so seriously. Um, He he then went on to explain how people thought that his humor was uh, destroying Justice League, which at the time it was the top selling comic at D.C. Uh, So he was like, all these people are saying, like, even though this comic is at number one, oh, he's destroying it. Clearly not. No.
2: (laughs) something he's
0: doing is working (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so um but anyway uh that said let's go on to the pull list what's on our pull list this week so the first book that we're going to talk about tonight it's uh sengoku yuku uh it is out now from tokyo pop by satoshi mizukami so uh this is uh volume three So we've talked about volume one and two before. So Uh, Tama, who is a Katawara who loves humans, uh, Jinka, who hates humans despite being one, and cowardly swordsman Shinsuke uh, uncover a plot to turn humans into monsters and will do what it takes to defeat whoever is behind it. Uh, I am not finished with this book. I'm about halfway. But uh, after reading volumes one and two, uh, not too long ago, I was very excited to start this one up. Uh, it's it's fun. You know, we're we're getting more of a uh, sense that these characters are being like getting closer together, things like that. Uh, the action's a lot of fun. Just just in general, I'm really having a good time with this book. Um, I and I I can't wait to finish it. So uh, the next book is called let me out it's out now from oni press it's written by emmett nahill with art by george williams so the town of columbiana is torn apart after pastor holly's wife is brutally murdered uh teenagers mitch not me um (laughs) terry lupe and jackson have to deal with parents school bullying oh and being accused of the satanic murder um Tabitha, you said you've read about half of this what, what do you think so far
1: so you had kind of forewarned me that they did that thing where they dropped you off in the middle which as we know from you know everything I always say um, I hate that it drives me insane um, this actually didn't bother me too bad and I do plan on finishing this um, it was kind of and I know this was intentional it was that horror movie setup where you're like already entering the scene where the crime has been committed and they're trying to clean it up and you're watching it unfurl from the future it's it was a really interesting setup i really enjoyed the dialogue in this like you have a plethora of characters that are happening and they're very diverse and each one of them definitely had their own voice um the only thing so far that i'm really not enjoying and this is just me um is the fact that the art style is so reminiscent of gravity falls that like i'm having a hard time focusing because i'm like waiting on dipper and mabel to show up and like be like uncle stan like it you know so i'm going to finish this but so far i am enjoying it
0: nice um Woo! yeah to stick with the art uh, i don't have that uh connection however uh i do really like the art style for this like it's a horror comic so it's bloody it's gory um I, I don't want to spoil something, but I don't I don't know if you've gotten to it yet, Tabitha, so I, I won't go there. But like just how it's done, it's just like, oh, my God, it's so gross, but I love it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so being dropped off in the you know middle of the story at the beginning, this was kind of weird for me um, just because like. I felt that it was kind of going in a lot of different directions, but I almost think it was intentional because I read most of this book being uneasy being like, okay, what's happening next. And for something horror, that's what you want. Um, yeah, like, and, and I will say, um, Mitch, who is a trans man, um, Gets beat up at uh, YMCA. Uh, Yeah, like trans issues with a YMCA. That Mm -hmm. it's like, do you guys do do you guys know Springfield? Right. (laughs) That was like the first thing that I thought of. Same. But um, but yeah, like I don't know. I I like the characters. I will say that there were uh, maybe a couple of questions that i had and when i ended the book still had those questions um but it did end with a the end question mark so maybe we get a sequel maybe we get those questions answered um either way it's it it, it was it was a good spooky book um I'm, i'm glad i read it for halloween for sure So, the last book um, is Rick and Morty, Freaky Friday, uh, also out now from Oni Press, written by Michael Morecki with art by Jarrett Williams. Uh, So, someone is going through the multiverse and body-swapping members of the Smith family. It's up to our Rick and Morty to get to the bottom of it. Um, We haven't talked about uh, the Rick and Morty comics from Oni Press in quite a long time, um, not necessarily because of the whole um, Justin Roiland cancellation thing. It was just kind of one of those things where we had uh, read a lot of Rick and Morty books in the past and um, just the, the stuff that Oni Press gives us, it's like, I would love to talk about all of them, but we will never be able to talk about all of them. And so it's always one of those things where it's like, so we could read this or we could read this, you know, something that we haven't, you know, touched on before. So anyway, so in that respect, it was nice to kind of revisit Rick and Morty. Um, I liked this. I love a good multiverse story. Um, I, yeah, I love, love the idea of body swapping and, you know, people having uh, the uh, personalities or whatever of somebody that, that is not them. Um but yeah um overall yeah i just i i did really enjoy it um tabitha you are more of a rick and morty connoisseur than i am uh what did you think
1: so for me for i don't know if it's because i've been kind of removed from the rick and morty plot line for a while but this one like kind of went off the rails a little bit um it was your classic like rick and morty humor and i don't know if it's because sometimes i struggle with those like kind of in-depth, brain-swappy, travel whatever plot lines. But it just felt kind of convoluted. Like, I caught myself, like, at the end, and I'm like, how did we get here? And like I didn't have it in me to like go back and figure it out. I'm like, but if I can't figure out a Rick and Morty comic, I don't know if that says something about me or the writing. So I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to test the waters. Um, however, there was a line in this, and there's always like one line in every Rick and Morty comic, right, that just like sticks out to you. And in this one, it happened to be Rick yelling about like, "Didn't I tell you never to mention." Kirk Cameron anywhere near me ever again <laughs> and I'm like same so it's just there's always that Rick and Morty humor that's like smart and funny and punchy but yeah the plot of this one just kind of went rogue almost and like I I got lost in the sauce and I I, I don't know if that was my fault or the books so let's not Let's not think about that too hard, but <laughs> I enjoyed it for what it was. But yeah, this was one of the ones where this was not my favorite Rick and Morty that we've ever read.
0: So let's move on to Gut Reaction.
1: Ow! Gut Reaction.
0: And I'm going to stick with Oni Press for a couple more stories because they have been... It's New York Comic Con weekend and... Guys, I'm really sad that we're not at New York Comic Con. What what happened there?
2: Uh, I'm not sad we're not in New York. I am sad we're not at the con. Fair. Why not New York?
1: Because it's like half underwater and they've been having, you know, flooding issues and like Uh, Matt doesn't like water. (laughs) It's
2: just New York too. I don't know how much I ever really want to visit New York.
1: That's fair.
0: Spoken like a true Midwesterner.
1: Matt's got his uh, Midwest dad shoes on right now.
0: (laughs) So, so, Opie Press, I mean Oni Press, (laughs) has teamed up with Pop Culture Powerhouse, uh, the Nacelle Company. Uh, It's known for documentaries like The Movies That Made Us, The Toys That Made Us, uh, and A Toy Store Near You. Um, they've teamed up for a new line of comics known as the Nacelleverse. Among the titles will be Biker Mice from Mars, uh, which we've talked about previously. They're bringing it back as a TV show. Um, but And this is going to be a partnership with Ryan Reynolds, who is doing the TV show. Um, other titles are Roboforce and Power Lords. Uh, the line kicks off with uh, the Nacelle verse number zero, a 40 page one shot by the creative team of Melissa Flores and Diogenes uh, Nieves. I'm very sorry that I mispronounced that name. Um, I am giving this a giant thumbs up. Um, we kind of talked about it before. Like, I don't have a huge memory of Biker Mice from Mars, but I definitely remember that it was the thing. And Grown Up Mitch is here for it, Matt.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Definitely something that I would be interested in picking up. So thumbs up.
0: Tap.
1: Yeah, you had me at mice and then you told me they were bikers from Mars and now I'm definitely sold. So thumbs up.
0: Also with Oni Press, they have announced announced big plans for Scott Pilgrim's 20th birthday. Uh, SP20 is an anniversary ni- initiative that will lead off in July with ultra-premium box sets, both in remastered original black and white and in color. Uh, also, a print por- portfolio will be released uh, re- featuring classic and new images, uh, personally selected by creator Brian Lee O'Malley uh other limited run uh merch will be released as well um also a giant thumbs up scott pilgrim uh i i love everything about scott pilgrim um just seeing this news makes me want to go back and reread scott pilgrim because it's been a hot minute um but yeah i'm here for this i'm a little bit scared to hear how much some of this is going <laughs> to cost um but if you see me taking out a personal loan, uh, just mind your business, Matt.
2: <laughs> um, so shock of all shocks, like a lot of things, I was late to the party on Scott Pilgrim. Um, just in the last couple of years that I watched the movie, love the movie. Um, it pretty much put the uh, comics on like the, on the board for me. Still haven't read them, um, but I feel like this is a real good opportunity maybe the less expensive version to hop back into that and read those, but thumbs up.
0: Uh
1: When you started talking about this, I was a little nervous because I feel like recently it's been kind of hard to find the original black and whites of the Scott Pilgrims, and I, like, every time I'm at a bookstore, I kind of, like, pick them up and thumb through them and when they're the color editions. I'm like, ugh, woof. I'm just really <laughs> glad that they're releasing them in the black and whites. Um That's how I originally read them, and I have, there's, Scott Pilgrim has a sweet spot in my heart anyway, but This is really cool, and now I need a box set, except I don't need a box set. I'll go have these with you.
0: Done. Okay.
1: Although- (laughs) Do you want the color ones? Okay, so maybe maybe I don't- How many black and
2: white comics have we read that he doesn't like? Well, see, okay, here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing. You're right. Um, But um, with Scott Pilgrim, I've, I've never read the color version. Me either. And- you are 100% right. I mean, the the black and white is where it's at. Uh, but part of me has always wanted to read the color version. I guess I don't know that I would want to read um, or get the box set of it, especially if I mm-hmm. am like halfway through the first uh, book and I'm like, oh, the black and white is superior.
1: <laughs> so. Take it from me. The black and white is superior. Okay. Maybe just like go to the bookstore and like thumb through the color one and be like, oh, that was nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like it um matt let's talk about uh mtg uh that's what i wrote for my notes so i don't know if we're talking about magic the gathering or marjorie taylor green uh god i hope it's the former
2: it is definitely the former (laughs) not the latter um kind of two things to talk about when it comes to magic the gathering um this week um there are magic is doing special release cards um The first of these sets is actually part of a larger, um, like a larger initiative, I guess you call it. Um, It's part of the Lost Caverns of Isilon. Um, It was revealed at the 2023 Las Vegas Magicon. But these cards, there are, I think there's five of them. Um, Again, there's going to be more extended onto this, Um, but there are five Jurassic Park Magic the Gathering cards. Um, Including, you guessed it, Ian Malcolm, Chaos Chaos Titian, as a legendary magic user. Is he, like,
0: doing the laying down with the...
2: Um, You know what I'm talking about? No, the card is actually him with uh, the glass of water, like, in the car. Because he's talking about Mm -hmm. how chaos theory that's Um, not as sexy (laughs) sorry um there's also an indominus rex there is one card which is like it's actually just jurassic park and it's kind of a uh what do they call it uh double-sided saga card so there's like different things that can happen once that card is played um this is part the beginning of a partnership between wizards of the coast and nbc universal so we don't know if that means we're going to get Fast and the Furious or Minions Magic the Magic the Gathering cards. Excuse me while I jump out the window. Right. <laughs> but when you're here, you're family. Um,
1: Ugh, not Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, sorry. Yeah.
0: Ooh, that that's might be an idea for my crappy photo shoot.
1: A Magic <laughs> the Gathering card, but it's Olive Garden?
0: <laughs> well, ooh, I could even do that. And um, But Olive Garden, but then the Fast and the Furious cast around the table yeah (laughs) anyway um (laughs) you were saying Matt. anyway uh
2: these cards launch november 17th uh there's booster packs collector packs and bundles that are going to be available um second magic story is um magic magic the gathering apparently has done this thing they call secret layer which is a print on demand service um which they've done i guess some different sets and themes the newest one is going to be uh, Doctor Who-themed. So there's two sets of five cards. Um, one is going to be based on the... Um, sorry, there's three sets. Um, Angels, Doctors, and Daleks. So the one set of Angels, based on the Weeping Angels, there's like five different cards for the different uh, colors. Um, there are foil and non-foil sets. Um this is just the first of these. There's an Evil Dead version com- set coming, and also a Princess Bride set coming for these secret layer drops. Um, Twenty nine ninety nine for the non foil cards. Thirty nine ninety nine for the foil cards. Um, as you would have guessed, none of these cards Jurassic Park, Doctor Who, Evil Dead, uh, Princess Bride are playable in competitive. Um, but some of like the open tournaments you could you know, throw these in and play them. Um, they look kind of cool. The art is definitely fun, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm for all of the trouble they got themselves in uh, wizards of the coast. I think some of this magic, the gathering and like expanding into different fandoms uh, will help. So thumbs up.
0: Tabitha.
1: So when you started talking, I was like, Oh, we're going to get more useless magic, the gathering cards. And I was right. However, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the fact that they're Jurassic park and doctor who themed, does bring me a monochrome of joy so i'm gonna go thumbs up
0: i'm giving this a thumbs sideways um i'm kind of conflicted on this on the one hand like uh, the other themes or whatever it sounds cool whatever but and this is coming from somebody who has never played magic but would a magic the gathering purist like be angry with wizards of the coast for branching out to all these other like fandoms and genres and everything like would would they consider this like them selling out like i don't know and i mean yeah you're right it's silly that they would they would be playable in tournaments but like that's still annoying that they're not um tabitha let's talk about uh book lovers
1: okay so y'all know i don't love a romance novel but I did love Emily Henry's Book Lovers, and now it's getting a film adaptation from Leah Bowman. Essentially, Book Lovers is the story of uh, two literary agents who are very opposite, and they end up plot twist spoiler alert whatever you want to call it falling in love um with a series of coincidences in a small town it's basically a Hallmark movie but for people who really like books but in book format um i would recommend this to pretty much anybody who likes books there's like lots of literary references and it's really cute um it is coming out we don't know when we don't know any casting news we don't know any times however um, this is one of those books that when I was reading it, along with Red White, and Ro- Red, White, and Royal Blue, that I was thinking this would make the cutest movie. And Red, White, and Royal Blue did make the cutest movie. So I have high hopes for this. But until we get some casting news, because I'm going to probably be kind of picky about these, I'm going to go thumb sideways.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting concept. Uh, it, it could be, you know, like cutesy or whatever. But you're right. It, it's too early. to so. tell. thumb sideways. Matt.
2: Um, This is just the new generation's version of You've Got Mail or Serendipity, Um, Hmm. which I guess, to be fair, I don't feel like we've had one of those like rom-coms for quite a while. So maybe it's time for that to come back and do something a little bit different. Um, But yeah, until we get more news in general, um, casting, director, that kind of stuff. yeah, thumb sideways.
1: Those are both quality films by the way
2: (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't dissing them i was just like those are the ones that come to mind when you mention the plot and the style and that kind of thing fair
0: so gonna talk about a couple of star trek stories so star trek lower decks uh showrunner mike mcmahon is telling fans of the show to speak up if they want to see more of the cerritos after the fifth season which is currently in production Uh, Speaking to Cinema Blend, McMahon said that everything is changing and he doesn't see that ending anytime soon. He said, quote, I don't have any bad news for anybody, but also I think you shouldn't assume that this stuff is going to stick around unless you vocally uh, and watch it early on. Uh, I do not know if we're going to have another season after the season we're working on right now. Lower Decks could very well be a five season show. Um, Giving this a thumb sideways. I get where he's coming from, especially with, um, so many of the other Star Trek properties ending, um, with, you know, like discovery, Picard, uh, prodigy, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, so I, I understand his concern, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like almost like a doomsday call type of thing. Like, you know, Hey, uh, something bad could happen. Is it, is it about to happen? No, but it could, um, I don't know. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's right. Like if if people aren't, you know, like if the fandom isn't there, it's not going to continue on. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. Thumb sideways, Matt.
2: Yeah. I mean, Lower Decks is kind of that show that I don't know, in a lot of ways, I feel like restarted the like the Star Trek shows like just in general, like, um, you know, Discovery and all of those other ones didn't seem to really come into being until after Lo- Lower Deck started. Um, on the other hand, you know, there's something to be said anymore for shows that don't run themselves into the ground. Um, if it does turn out to be five seasons and that's what they're able to use to tell the story without dragging it on, you know, even if the fandom is there, you know, maybe sometimes that's just a good thing. You know, not, you know, Supernatural is one thing, but like not every show needs to have 23 seasons. But at the same time, there are shows that end at one season, Firefly, that should have had more, you know. So it's a give and a take. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to go thumbs up because, again, I am definitely in the mindset that I feel like it's better for shows to not overstay their welcome.
1: Depth, yeah like i agree with both of you so like beating the dead horse of a show is terrible and like you just run out of plot lines and you run out of like the fun mm-hmm. i love lower decks but like does it need to go on for twenty seven thousand seasons probably not but at the same time like the way he worded that feels kind of like a marvel like dun 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 <laughs> like everything's bad and the world is ending but then it's fine because it was just a marketing ploy the whole damn time so like I'm sideways, I guess, because I don't know how to feel about the way that that comment was made.
0: So, like Spock in Star Trek 3, uh, Star Trek Prodigy has come back to life. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> uh paramount canceled the animated kids series in 2023 however netflix has picked the show back up uh season one will debut on the streaming service later this year followed by season two in 2024 uh giant thumbs up for this i never got around to prodigy but i know a lot of people were upset when it got canceled um so i'm glad that it was able to find new life elsewhere matt
2: yeah and things like this again you know Probably should have had a longer run. It's nice that we have, in this day and age, studios and streaming services that are able to save these, which should have had a a longer shelf life. So thumbs up for that.
1: Tabitha. So... There was a time in my life I thought we were never going to see any more Star Trek, right? So, like, all the TV shows had aired, all the seasons were ended, then the movies came out and everyone was super stoked, and then all these TV shows kind of, like, flooded our world at one time, and I still have literally only watched some of Lower Decks. So, while this will probably go on my list, the whole idea that everyone just keeps bringing Star Trek back, no matter where it goes or how long it's been, just makes my heart smile, so thumbs up.
0: Uh, Matt, let's talk about Unity. Uh,
2: So if anyone remembers a few weeks, month, whatever ago, um, we talked about the controversy surrounding Unity and their, uh, what they call it, runtime fee um, system, where if games were installed so many times, then those developers owed Unity another fee on top of their licensing. Um, well, not only did Unity in turn walk back most, if not all of that, um, those statements. Um, strangely enough, their CEO uh, and president is retiring. Weird timing, but you know, um, effective immediately. Um, they announced it three days ago. So, like, two weeks ago, they walk back these policies, and, like, two weeks later, he's like, mm, I'm uh, I'm going to retire, and we're just going to hand this off to somebody else. So, like, it's questionable on the reasons why. They're not saying why, obviously. Um, but uh, he said that it's been a privilege to, to, uh, to lead Unity for nearly a decade and serve the employees, customers, and developers, and partners, and... Um, so, yeah, I, there's really not much more to it. They're handing over the reins to another, you know, another guy. Um, but it just seems coincidental that after the backlash that uh, that he's decided to step down. Um, he'll end up with some giant golden parachute, I'm sure. But uh, I don't know. But thumbs down for them just playing it off. If Like, if you're going to take responsibility for it, take responsibility and just step down. Don't, like... Ooh, I'm retiring. Thanks for my time. Thumbs down,
1: Tabitha. What an Enron vibe, like dip out, like right? <laughs> thumbs <laughs> yeah. down.
0: Um, I agree with you guys, but I'm actually going thumbs up. Um, I'm going giving thumbs up to him stepping down. <laughs> uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Facts. Um, Tabitha, let's talk about Iron Cl- Iron Claw.
1: So I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch this trailer. I didn't even know this was a thing until it randomly popped up somewhere on my feed. Um, but it is a movie coming out from A24, which this also does not have A24 film vibes. So this is going to be a journey, but I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it is centered around the Von Erich family, um, a dynasty of wrestlers from the 60s. Um, it is basically this dad who became a wrestler and then wanted to make all of his sons wrestling prodigies and it didn't work out very well because he was plot twist spoiler alert real abusive um <laughs> so of course the cast is what caught my eye because i am who i am but it's got zach efron jeremy allen white harris dickinson maura tierney like this it, it's lily james like it is a just laundry list of like cool actors who are not the people you would expect to see in a kind of film like this, but I watched the trailer, and I am, like, incredibly impressed with the acting just in that trailer to the point where I was, like, really invested and I really want to watch it. Um, it's scheduled to be released in December of this year. Um, If you haven't, just take a second, go watch the trailer. I'm not doing it justice with my explanation, but it looks like a hard-hitting, like... I did that on purpose. <laughs> uh, I didn't. Uh, like, family saga, but told with that A24 vibe where you're, like, real uncomfortable the whole time, and you can't really figure out why. Like, I'm here for it. Thumbs up.
0: Yeah. Um, the cast also caught my eye because of reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're absolutely right. The uh, The trailer for this does look really... Um, Interesting, Um, but uh, eye candy, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but I mean, it's it, it it is like it's it it looks like it's going to be one of those like you,
2: like you'll be glued to the screen, Mm -hmm. so yeah,
0: thumbs up, Matt.
2: Um, I don't know at this point, A24 is having a hard time doing anything wrong, anything that they decide to set their mind to um you know horror weird sci-fi otherwise um so if they want to do something that's you know family drama with a twist bring it on um thumbs up
0: uh Talitha, we're going to stick with you and we're going to go to the baby Yoda news desk
1: coming to you live from a galaxy far, far away the baby Yoda news desk Uh, the Baby Yoda news desk is going to Virginia because uh, we want to go to a corn maze that is Baby Yoda. It says this is the way from Wayside Farm Fun. Uh, this corn maze a looks absolutely incredible. It looks like it would give me tremendous anxiety, <laughs> but I I would like to go. Um, Wayside Farm is a ten it has a ten acre maze. Oh, Wow. Um, What's really cool about this though, and I like wasn't really even gonna talk about it, but the uh people who designed this corn maze were sons Torson Tucker, the sons of the people, Tortson, Tucker, and Colden. They are seventeen, fifteen, and thirteen. Oh wow,
2: wow. Yeah,
1: and it's like really impressive. Um They've been doing it for years where they just kind of pick a theme every year and put it out there and see if people want to go. And people are like flooding to this because A, it's Baby Yoda and B, it's really cool. I I don't have time to drive to Virginia and I'm pretty bummed about that. But this is incredible. Good for those kids. I'm all here for clean family fun. So thumbs up.
0: Yeah. Uh, definite thumbs up. Uh, slightly disappointed that it's not closer. Uh, when I say slightly, I mean it, I'm very disappointed. Um, <laughs> and also like... Good for those kids. Like mm-hmm. I was not doing that kind of stuff when I was 17, 15, or thirteen. Mm-hmm. Matt.
1: Yeah, that's
2: fantastic that they were able to get along long enough to put this <laughs> maze together. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic. I I love that they're able to put together that theme um, and that it's drawing attention, which is both good for a family business and for like their creative, you know, vibes. So, uh, yeah, some thumbs up for everything except for the fact. Of the amount of time it would take us to get there.
0: (laughs) Um, Matt, let's talk about James Bond.
2: So, our friend Garth Enos, um, the creator of The Boys, is going to be releasing his take on James Bond in the comics. Um, He is pulling more from the Ian Fleming novels than he is the larger-than-life... Movie version that we have gotten in the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so it's, uh, not going to be like this big super spy. It's going to be more nitty gritty, which I think Garth is, is definitely a name that would be a good fit with that. Um, kicks off with James Bond. Number one, uh, dynamite comics, releasing in January. Uh, it's called your cold, your heart. Um, It is a Cold War super-era... Cold War era super-weapon. So, Russia uh, a compound creates the impossible. The Holy Grail of arms manufacturers. Is it possible to kill an enemy without inflicting any visible damage and leaving no trace whatsoever? Uh, Right as the weapon is perfected, though, it escapes the lab. MI6 naturally assigns their top operative to the hunt. Um, I have read some of the recent James Bond comics... Um, I definitely think Garth is a great name to pick these up and to take this on. I'm going to go thumbs up. Um, I will probably actually go back to picking this up single issue when it comes out.
0: Tabitha
1: so when you first said this I've only watched one episode of the boys and I got really nervous because that episode was like super graphic and really bro teen shake and I really (laughs) hated every (laughs) second of what I was watching so I was like this is gonna be terrible um but that sounds like old school Roger Moore Mm -hmm. Sean Connery Bond which I miss that Bond I no hate to Daniel Craig no hate to Pierce Brosnan but those are not those feel like James Bond and Mission Impossible had a baby. Like They don't feel like James Bond movies anymore to me. So that sounds like classic Bond, especially if he's going to be basing it more off of the original source material. That makes me incredibly excited to read this. So thumbs up.
0: Uh, You guys are happy, so I'm happy. Thumbs up. (laughs) So earlier this week on X, um, (laughs) um, comic writer uh, Magdalene Visaggio. Uh, revealed a pitch that she made years ago that would see Superboy Connor Kent uh, become Skyrocket. Kent would then go on a a journey of self-discovery and realize that she is trans and become Constance, Connie, uh, Laura Kent. Uh, Visagio said that, quote, I love Connor Kent and he deserves better uh, than to be the also-ran to John's Uh, Superman's uh, Secundus. uh, She said that the story would give Connor, quote, the opportunity to find his own place in the DC universe and uh, critically a new name. I'm giving this a thumb sideways. I understand where she's coming from this and, you know, she, she is an Eisner nominated comic writer. So it's not like she's just, you know, has written literally one comic. Like she knows what she's talking about. Um, I get where she's coming from. And it's kind of one of those things, like, I I feel like her heart's in the right place because she's not wrong when it comes to Connor Kent. Uh, he has basically always kind of been, like, in this weird thing of uh, who is he? Who is his identity, you know? Um, Connor Kent is also one of my favorite super characters. Uh, and so... I'm not I'm not trying to be like one of those people who is like, well, why can't they just create a new character? No, I'm I'm not saying that. (laughs) Um, It's just this is just kind of like one of those personal things for me where it's like, no, but that's not Connor Kent. You know, Um, would I like to see a story like this? Sure. Would I like to see a story about this with another character that's already existing? Because that would be a really interesting story. Sure. Just not with Connor Kent. Matt,
2: um, I'm not gonna lie. I don't really. I, I know we use the phrase a lot around here, but I don't have a horse in the race. Um, but um, I don't know. She's she's like you said. She's not a a one time you know comic writer. This is probably something she's had drafted out or storyboarded for a very long time and just hasn't had the right place or time to pitch. Um, so um, I'm, I'm going to go thumb sideways until, you know, there is more traction to it.
0: Tabitha. Uh,
1: two things. First thing, I forgot Cogrenhan existed. Uh, <laughs> second thing, I realize I really hate the word secundus, so thumbs down. <laughs> Fair. <laughs>
0: So, after returning last year, uh, Boo Buckets are coming back to McDonald's uh, starting October 17th. Um, mom, if you're listening, we now know what you're doing for your birthday. Um,
1: <laughs> Picking us up Boo Buckets for yeah. the entire Geek Awakens podcast?
0: Well, I mean, October 17th is her birthday. Right, so. but
1: I mean, wouldn't it be a fun way to spend her birthday by getting us oh, buckets? Yeah for, yeah, for all y'all. Yeah. Thanks, Mitch's mom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, we will have the return of Monster, Skeleton, and Mummy, with Vampire joining this year. Vampire will be the first purple option since the original Purple Boo Bucket, which was a witch. That is a very weird (laughs) sentence to say, (laughs) Um, y'all. This year's set will also come with lids, which I am very excited about. Um, Thumbs up the nostalgic loving man child that i am uh i am here for this matt
2: i am torn because i love this idea i love that the fact that they're bringing them back but i absolutely despise the psychosis that people go through to get these like it drives mcdonald's employees absolutely crazy because everybody just lines up around the block and they're gone in two hours like like it's fun it's cool I'm glad they're doing that but like I don't know like I, I just feel bad for everybody has to put up with the jerks that are trying to go through the line and want like this one or that one or very particular one so thumb sideways
0: I don't appreciate you calling me a jerk Tabitha <laughs>
1: Um, I just think it'll be fine because Mitch's mom is going to get one for all of us. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) No. I, I also have kind of a love hate relationship with these because while I love them for this nostalgia, much like the Taylor Swift popcorn bucket, I'm going to be able to get tomorrow at the Er era's movie. I'm not going to get it because it's just going to come home and collect dust in my house. And I will inevitably throw it away in six months or take it to Goodwill and be like, Ugh, why did I even bother? Like and that's in fifteen
2: just, years that we're worth twenty five dollars. Yeah, and then I'll <laughs> kick
1: myself in the face and be like, Why did I not get that stupid bucket? But whatever. <laughs> so I'm gonna go thumb sideways.
0: Um Tabitha, let's talk about Bigfoot.
1: <laughs> so
0: Which <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to cut you off. Before you get into it, uh, when you were posted your stories, you said something about, like, is this Matt's uh, best week ever, or, or something like that? Are all, are all of Matt's dreams coming true? Mm-hmm. I thought this was about Mariah Carey. And then I looked at it, and was like, oh, no, it's about Bigfoot. Weird.
1: We're not to Mariah Carey season yet. Um,
0: <laughs> Give it a couple of weeks. It's coming, though.
1: So I am about to make Matt happy and then also make him sad, also like Mariah Carey. Um, so this couple on a train in Colorado took footage of what appeared to be a Bigfoot and it's not the seventies anymore. The footage of Bigfoot is like pretty iPhone crisp clear. Mm-hmm. Like it looks nice. Right. Um, the bad news is that the area they were going by is an area that is known for having Bigfoot exhibitions
2: <laughs> where people
1: can dress as Bigfoot and like live a Bigfoot life. <laughs> nice. In the wilderness. Okay. Cause that's the thing people want to do. So, while my hope is that one day Bigfoot turns out to be real, for Matt's sake, uh, this was not the real Bigfoot. Um, it like just wandered by this entire train of people, and people were like, "What? What is that? What is happening?" And the footage is fun. Like it's what much better it, than the,
2: the the brooder footage.
1: Thank you. Um, from the seventies, sixties, seventies, seventies, seventies.
2: I'm embarrassed that I don't know this. But I think yeah. it's the
1: seventies. Um. You've made me watch like forty-seven documentaries. Um, I haven't
2: made you watch anything.
1: <laughs> uh, so while I had hoped to give Matt good news, unfortunately, I'm I'm not there yet. But what a time to be on a train, right? Just fly by and see Bigfoot. Wish that had happened to me, but unfortunately, did not. So thumbs up for getting that experience because I probably would have also been like the people who are recording this video and being like, Oh my god, it's Bigfoot. Matt was right the whole time. Um, but it turns out just to be a thing people can go do. It's the Bigfoot expedition. So thumbs sideways.
0: Um, giving it a thumbs up. It's sad that it wasn't real, but this expedition, um, you're gonna have to tell me more often. <laughs> Matt.
2: Um, so I think I actually ran across this footage. It's in like kind of like in a desert, mm-hmm. and the Bigfoot is walking across, and then just kind of like squats down in the yeah. middle of this. Pops the squat, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I did want, I, I did end up with a TikTok that was this, and I'm like, mm, like because I do end up with. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not more, but I end up with a few of those TikToks. Hmm. Um, am I disappointed it's not real? Yes. Do I really believe that it would be that crisp and clear? And just out in the open, no. Um, So I have mixed feelings. But uh, maybe one day Bigfoot will rear their furry face. Um, But until then, (laughs) thumbs sideways.
0: (laughs) Um, Speaking of furry faces, Matt, let's talk about the LAPD.
2: (laughs) Wow.
1: That was maybe your best segue yet. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome.
2: Um so back in 2017 when Pokemon Go was first released um it was reported that were there were a couple of LAPD cops that had dash cam footage and were out on patrol and instead of actually patrolling were playing Pokemon Go in their squad car Um from 2017, the dashcam footage has finally been acquired and released to the public. Um, they go through stop signs, they go down a one-way street, they make an illegal U-turn, they ignore a call for a active robbery <laughs> because they are busy catching Pokemon. And the footage is only like a minute and eight seconds, so it's like a cut from like the entire shift, like their entire day, but like it's them like debating in some cases the uh, evolution of certain pokemon that they're trying to catch um it's <laughs> it's wild um thumbs down to these cops i don't care how popular <laughs> pokemon go was uh you're on duty do your job tabitha
1: Um, I was about to stick up for him and be like, well, I don't work at my job all the time I'm there. Like, does anybody work at their job the whole time that they're there?
2: Yes, I don't want to talk about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you have the moments where you're like, I literally don't have anything to do right now. I'm going to check my phone. Maybe that was a Pokemon. But then you told me they were, like, ignoring their job duties, which were, like, really important. So thumbs down.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Going to go thumbs down. But let's be real. This could have been me. (laughs) <laughs> tabitha you have our last story of the night um which i also found this story but then you posted it. And i was like I'm, I'm gonna let you talk about it
1: did you also post it
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah huh. but let's talk about <laughs> an emotional support alligator
1: um. To be fair, when I first saw this story, I thought that it said that they tried to take the alligator into a bank because I was <laughs> like, what? Um, it was Citizens Bank Park in Pennsylvania for a Phillies game. Um. Either way, Joe Henney tried to take his uh, pet alligator. Is he from Florida? I, no, but the, I think the alligator is. <laughs> um, Florida-gator. Florida-gator uh, <laughs> from... Uh, To a Pittsburgh Pirates game. Uh, His name is Wally Gator. He's five foot long. He adopted him in 2015. And he's really cute. And he is indeed from Florida. Um, They... A friend of this person's decided that they needed help relocating this super cuddly alligator. And this guy was like, sure, man, I'll take it. And so Wally Gator ended up in Philadelphia instead of Florida. (laughs) And Wally Gator has now become his emotional support alligator because Wally Gator gives hugs. And Wally Gator has like literally incapable of biting. He says he like plays with his tongue and he puts his hand in his mouth and he's never once been afraid of him and he sleeps in his bed and he cuddles with him. And he's basically just like a dog with scales and I want one. (laughs) No. (laughs) Why? Why can't I have an emotional support alligator?
0: At the end of the day, it's a freaking alligator.
1: (laughs) But it's cute and it gives hugs. It sounds kinder than my dog. Like...
0: (laughs) Just because it can't eat you alive doesn't mean it doesn't want to.
1: The same could be said for me on a Tuesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why I record on Thursdays. <laughs>
1: that's, that's fair. Anyway, he could not take Wally Gator into the stadium because the stadium has an uh, emotional support or service dog policy that's pretty explicitly saying mm. dog. So... Wally Gator unfortunately did not get to see the Phillies play, but did he really miss much? It's the Phillies. True.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> I just don't understand how this started.
1: I mean, if someone called me and I had like a, I do indeed have a friend that lives in Florida, and they were like. Hey, so we found this alligator, and it's real cuddly, and we're afraid that it lives in if it lives in the wild, it's gonna get killed because it's too nice and it won't bite anything. And they're like, "Do you want it, and I lived in an area where I could literally just have an alligator and be like, "Oh, absolutely, I'll come get it like give me twenty minutes like
0: <laughs> but then would you try to take it to a Phillies game?
1: I don't know, maybe. I would try to take my dog pretty much anywhere, fair. And she is way more vicious than this alligator. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> this alligator doesn't bite anybody. Enola will bite you for attention. So.
2: <laughs> Not wrong.
1: <laughs> but what if we got it, a little hat?
2: <laughs> that makes all the difference in the you world. Yeah, like a little Philly's
1: hat. And you can get a little bat and a little glove to try to catch a ball? They
2: already have a mascot. I mean. You could It's
0: also green though, so <laughs> You could get him a little vest and then he could be an investigator.
1: Oh, That's <laughs> I just really want an alligator. Like I feel like there's a difference too between alligators and crocodiles. Like it's not a crocodile. Like those yeah. things are scary well, and vicious and mean. Biologically, this alligator yes. I'm gonna murder you. Uh, <laughs> sick yeah. my crocodile on you. I
0: mean one of them you'll see later, the other one oh, will Jesus. you'll see after a while. <laughs>
1: Matt go get the dog I'm gonna sick it on Mitch (laughs) which dog you pick
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel at the end of the day I could take Enola in a fight I don't know know. you
1: should you should pick Watson because if you yell at him loudly he
0: hides under the bed bed. I mean so do I (laughs) exactly you guys could
1: hide together Enola would be like why are we screaming I'm still gonna bite you (laughs) All
0: right. well I feel like this is a good time to end uh, tonight's episode so that Tabitha can go and try to find a reptile. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see you when you see you.
1: Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com.
1: It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at geekawakens.
2: Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats.
1: Our logo was designed by Shay McCain.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone.